magic makers kelsey foremost here your host of find your magic the podcast where mental health and entrepreneurship meet today's guest is truly at the intersection of mental health and entrepreneurship her name is nicole stanfield and she is a coach for entrepreneurs and she specializes in burnout Goodness knows I'm betting the idea of talking about burnout is going to resonate with a lot of y'all today, certainly resonated with me. And I am happy with what I do, happy with my job, happy with my business. And yet we're in year 70,582 of COVID and we're all stuck looking at our screens again. And the world is starting to feel monotonous again. And I, myself, I'm starting to notice these signs like procrastination, analysis paralysis, things that should be taking me a day or two are taking me a week or two to complete. I'm finding that I'm feeling more anxiety again. I'm finding it hard to reply to emails in a timely manner. They're just sitting unread in my inbox. And that little red circle number is getting embarrassingly high because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to open it because if I open it, then I'm going to have to deal with it. And if I have to deal with it, I just don't think I have the capability and the capacity to do that right now. So needless to say, I was really, really happy to hear from Nicole. She has owned her own business since 2014 and she experienced burnout herself. And that's what led her on this amazing personal development journey that led her to coaching. And she has a business called my intuition coach, and her specialty is helping entrepreneurs and freelancers and anybody who is really in business for themselves, identify, prevent, or treat burnout by listening to your intuition and really living with intention. The thing that's so cool about this conversation, you guys, is that Nicole drops so many really actionable tips because I hate when people talk about something really buzzy, like burnout. And they're like, Oh, burnout. Yes. Everybody's experiencing it. Isn't it terrible? Here's all the statistics. And then you're like, yeah, cool. Me too. But now what, like, what do I do with that? And so, you know, me, I love when I can bring on a guest who can actually give you something to do with this information. So when you leave after hearing this conversation, you will have a handful of really valuable, really actionable things that you can start to do step-by-step slowly to form new habits that can really, really start to heal you from that feeling of burnout. So with that, please welcome Nicole Stanfield to find your magic. Nicole, I am thrilled to have you on find your magic today because This podcast is really about that sweet spot between mental health and business. And after I read your website, I was like, oh my gosh, what a perfect fit. Um, So why don't you tell me a little bit about how you became a coach and why you landed on this specific um, aspect of intuition coaching? I find that so fascinating, that choice of words. So I, I had my, I've had my business since 2014. 
and I started off in marketing as a copywriter. Hey. <laughs> yeah. And um, I was, I was doing good and I had made it work and it was awesome. And it was like, yay, this is great. These things are, it's actually working. And about four years into my business, I, I was working with an agency. I was doing all these things. Um, and I, I didn't realize the signs that were showing up for me at the time. But what was happening is that I would complete a big project like a website. And I would be like, instead of saying, oh, I'm really excited. I would say, oh, well, they probably won't like it. Hmm. And, and they'll have comments and uh, they won't like it. And then I would, I would start to, I would get frustrated when I answered my emails. Um, I would avoid client emails. I didn't want to go to meetings. I, I, I see that by your face, like this is something that is something we all go through as freelancers, right? There yes. are times that those are those difficult clients, which are normally your bigger paying clients, unfortunately, sometimes. It's true. And they just, it's, they uh, take a lot of energy. But what was happening is that I was starting to distance myself and my productivity was going down. I could do like 15 minutes of work before I had to take a break. It was all this crazy stuff happening. And I felt like I just need to push through. I just needed to get through this time period so I could take a break and then I'd be better. How right? many times have I said that to myself of like, I just need to get through the next couple of weeks, or I just need to wrap up this project. Once this project is done, then everything will like settle and go back to normal. Man, oh man, I'm sure so many people listening can identify with that of the, once this thing is complete, I just have to white knuckle my way through. Yes. I went into um, a place, uh, I didn't really know what was going on. And I tried to look online and I tried to find resources for like burnout for entrepreneurs. There's burnout for teachers and for people who are medical workers. There's not really anything for entrepreneurs. And I, I burned out, I, like shut down burnout. Like I had to walk away from everything because mm -hmm. I couldn't handle it. I lost $20,000 in my business, my biggest client. I had to walk away from all of that. It was very, very like going from being at the top of where I wanted to be to being at very at the bottom. But, which but, is but reframing that of you weren't at the top of where you actually wanted to be, right? Like maybe yes. in terms of financial gain um, or bottom line, but in fact, I think that that is one of the biggest things that I find myself having to coach myself out of thinking wise of just because something is bringing me that number goal that I set for myself does not mean that I am where I want to be. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was equating, I'm making 60 K so I should be happy. I should have all these things <laughs> I want because that's where I'm supposed to be, right? That could be the alternative title for this podcast. To be frank with you, I should be happy would be <laughs> such a great alternative title because that's truly, that is exactly right. There aren't a lot of resources for entrepreneurs and mental health and burnout. That's why I started this podcast because I was like, why the F is no one having this conversation? Yes, exactly. Because we almost... It's almost like a badge of honor as an entrepreneur to be totally. like, I'm so exhausted. I'm burning out. I have all these big projects. I'm making all this money. And like, I've said these things and people have been like, oh yeah, well, you must be working really hard. You're really successful because you're burning out. Mm. And I want to shift that and mm -hmm. say that we don't have to be just because we're successful. doesn't mean you have to be in burnout. Right. And a lot of times, so how intuition came into this is that I feel like I got into burnout because I didn't listen to myself. I stopped listening to my needs. I stopped listening to what I wanted. 
I would push through and I would do that extra networking meeting, even though I really didn't want to, or it wasn't, it was going to take all my energy. And then I was driving home like a zombie that night. Mm -hmm. I still did it because I want to be successful. And when we start our businesses, it's this startup thing and you sacrifice everything. And the only thing you have right then is free time. So you sacrifice it. And then we get in this habit of it. And I feel like sometimes we don't shift out of the startup model of saying, sacrificing everything for our business four years down the road. We shouldn't need to be doing that. And a lot of times entrepreneur culture, I feel like pushes to be like, oh, we need to hustle harder. We need to do more. And that's how you become successful. And I kind of ended up on this, like, I call it a treadmill. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to make the money. I wanted to be successful. So I worked harder. What that meant was that then I didn't have time for my loved ones, my family, people outside of work, free time for myself. That sounds familiar to anybody. And so then I worked harder because that was how I was going to meet my goals is if I made more money or if I was able to get more support or something like that. Right. Yeah. And it became this circle, this really vicious circle. And I know that that's part of what led to my burnout. So Magic Makers, back when I was freelancing full-time and I only had one-on-one clients, I was in such a pickle because I really didn't understand how I was going to be able to scale my business and be able to actually make money without literally putting more hours in my day. I was so burnt out. I was so exhausted. I didn't know what to do. I hated having to hunt for clients every single month. And I am not exaggerating when I tell you the best thing I did in my business, looking back over the last three years is create a signature digital course. And I host that course on Kajabi. Kajabi is a sponsor of this podcast, but I would talk about them till the cows come home anyway, because they literally completely changed the way that I do business and have allowed me to pursue the projects that I really want to pursue because I just make money on autopilot. Now my course is out into the world. It was so easy to create and launch because not only do they have the best customer support I've ever seen in my life, but you can actually build marketing funnels and email funnels and like anything that you can possibly think of that you would need as a support for your online course, it's already on Kajabi and they show you exactly how to do it. So if you're like me and you're technology averse, Kajabi is literally the best option for you. And I shopped around and I'm so happy I landed with Kajabi. It's the number one most trusted knowledge commerce platform for a reason. So if you want a 30-day free trial, head to kelseyformost.com slash Kajabi. That's kelseyformost.com slash K-A-J-A-B-I. Oh my gosh. I love the idea of um, uh, burnout as a badge of honor, and it almost can become an addiction. I know that when I was in full freelancer mode, the first year in business as a copywriter, when I was still doing projects for other people, now I'm an educator. But when I was in that space, I almost would say that I became addicted to 
the, because I thought, oh, if I'm feeling tired or if I'm feeling overwhelmed, then that must mean I'm doing well in my business. Um, because that was the conversation that was being had online, especially at that time. And then also that led to a huge amount of shame for me on the days I wasn't quote unquote, working as hard, or I had the exact same thing happen to me that you said about working 15 minutes and then needing a break. I would find myself so much more easily distracted. Focus was a huge problem. And then I felt all this guilt because I was like, oh, I'm still making the money and I'm still getting the projects done technically, but like, I'm not my full creative self. I'm not like, this is not my best work and I know it. And I feel so much guilt logging off and being like, I'm going to, you know, cook a really nice meal for myself and sit down and watch Queer Eye for two hours, (laughs) which is like all I really wanted to do. There was so much shame baked into that. And then I would go to anesthetize the shame and check out. So would you say that burnout and checkout are like cousins? Absolutely. I feel like we were trying to do this image of what the entrepreneur is, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're running around and we're almost addicted to being busy. Mm-hmm. This showed up even before I was an entrepreneur, like in college and high school and all that stuff. But I, I got really good at it. So when I would have those hard feelings I didn't want to deal with, I would be like, I need to take on another project or I need to go mm-hmm. and do another event or I need to do more and more and more. Or watch another webinar or download another freebie or pin more things on Pinterest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a way. I didn't tell myself when is my day done? When am I done? Mm, Good point. When am I, when is it okay to take a break? Because there's this amazing freedom to being your own boss. And at the same point, a lot of times what I find happening is that entrepreneurs they put themselves in situations where if you were an employee and you signed up to do a job and someone was like, okay, you won't get to take bathroom breaks. You won't eat lunch. You don't know when your day ends. You're going to answer emails at night um, and maybe in the middle of the night and you're expected to be present 24 seven. No one would take that job right. ever. ever. Right. And I'm exaggerating a bit, but there's a level that we get to. And we don't even have that perspective of someone else to say, Hey, you're not taking lunch break. I wasn't taking my lunch breaks. I was just Mm -hmm. grabbing something and continuing to work because the project or the client or the meeting was more important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And And filling the, and filling time with busy work or that work taking, at least for me, this is my personal experience. The work was taking longer and longer for me to complete because I couldn't like focus for long enough. And then I'd be like, Oh my gosh, how did two hours just pass? I have to stay past. Like I have to stay in my screen. I have to stay in the computer. I have to get this done. Oh my God. The guilt, just like the guilt and the getting down on myself. And I feel like that's such a common issue. Um, so how, how, so maybe people are hearing that and recognizing that and being like, well, raise my hand me. I totally do that to myself. I'm having a hard time focusing. Takes me forever to get stuff done. What can people do about that? What can they, what steps can they take 
to take that next step to do something. So you're not sitting there listening to this and being like, oh my gosh, that's me. I'm freaking out. I'm going to lose all my money and my business. That's what I was worried about is I was like, I didn't want to admit that a website that had taken me like maybe a couple days before would take like a week. Same. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like it it would just take so much longer, the same exact amount of work. And I didn't, I didn't want to admit that because it meant that I I wasn't, I was going to have to walk away from the money. And I was Mm -hmm. so terrified to do that. Um, so what ended up happening was I took some time off. Um, a thinking would cure me like a week, (laughs) a week (laughs) after four years. And, um, I hadn't taken any downtime, vacation time, anything like that in four years. Mm -hmm. And, um, it didn't. And then I came back and I like couldn't do anything. So I did end up having to walk away, but I want people to hear that it doesn't have to get to that point. Right. So I share my experience with it. If you're seeing some of these signs, then there are things that you can do to shift that. Mm-hmm. So the signs of burnout include low energy, wanting to call into work, but there's nobody there to cover for you. Uh, lack of confidence and just being like, you used to have all these ideas that are creative and now you have nothing. Mm-hmm. That was how it showed up for me. Mm-hmm. And then no motivation. And like you created this business and you're really passionate about it. And then it just sort of disappeared. Yeah. So the things that you can do, those are the the clinical signs of burnout and the World Health Organization says that it is something that people do experience. Yeah. We didn't need the WHO (laughs) to tell us it's, it's fucking real, (laughs) (laughs) but glad they signed, glad they signed off on the official study, but like, yeah, I think it should have been called like no freaking duh. (laughs) So the thing that we get to do is we get to start shifting and we get to it's small steps first. So if you hear this, don't panic. Okay. Don't leave and run away right now. These are small steps that you can take. And the first one is really simple. Take your lunch. Like if you open up your phone right now and you look at your calendar and you see how many events you have in there, my question for you would be, do you have your lunch scheduled? A lot of times we forget. And that's really, it's a simple thing. It sounds really simple right now. I get that. But having that just a reminder to be like lunch. And so then when that client call comes in, you can choose, am I going to take it or am I going to do lunch? You can always put it off. You can move it, et cetera. But Mm -hmm. you need that reminder to say, I need to do this. And lunch needs to be away from your desk. That was my next thing is lunch. Isn't just eating you guys. Lunch is not being in your computer, looking at your inbox while you eat. Like it's a moment of mindfulness and true rest or breaks that is really hard to, to remind ourselves to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So because you brought mindfulness, one of my other tips, and this is one I was so judgmental about was mindfulness meditation. Same, same. <laughs> and now I am like on the train. I do my calm 10 minute app in the morning. First thing. Cause I'm like, I can do anything for 10 minutes and there's no reason that 10 minutes at seven 30 in the morning should be a problem. Like no reason. Right. So I meditated before our conversation and I used to feel like meditation was like this woo woo thing that only certain people got. And I wasn't one of those people. <laughs> and I luckily realized, um, through some trial and error that it doesn't have to look one way. Not you at can all. have it guided, unguided. You can have it just be sounds. You can just do breathing. You can be silent. You can do it at your car, in a couch, um, at home, 
at work, whatever works for you, but it actually will physically rewire the neurons in your brain and shift them, which is so cool from being reactive to being reflective. And what mm. that looked like for me was when people came to me with problems, instead of being mad at them right away, I was able to shift and take that beat and be like, oh, this is actually their stuff or, oh, well, here's a solution or, oh, they just need someone to listen to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it really changed my whole perspective um, of how I show up and, and, that, and I was doing five minutes a day, five yeah. minutes. And Very you guys, the, the core of meditation, Nicole is so correct. It does not have to be you sitting cross-legged on a puffy pillow with a candle and like no distractions, right? Like perfect world, maybe kind of, but like all meditation is, is sitting and being in the present moment. That's it. Just coming back to the present and coming back to the present and the breathing guided stuff, chanting, whatever it is, those are all just tools to bring you back to the present, Mm -hmm. but meditation can be quite, um, casual. I want to say like, there are Mm -hmm. some days where it's just like, Oh, I'm noticing that I'm thinking about going grocery shopping later, going to come back to the present. And there's no judgment there and being like, Oh, here I go again on this, uh, this particular neural pathway coming back to the present. Right. It's like being in the matrix and bullets that you used to step into, you can like, just see whiz by you. And you're like, that's really weird. I love that. <laughs> now I don't, that's weird. Huh? May we all be Keanu looking right? at our thoughts whiz by us in the matrix. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. So we, we just, a lot of times our brains spend all this time worrying about the past and the future and what's going to happen. And so meditation is kind of just that way to help it stop mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. cultivate that practice of mindfulness. So whatever that looks like for the people who are listening, it can look lots of different ways, no judgment, but those are two really small ways that you can do. You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to do anything specific. It's just a shift and you will see mm-hmm. big impact from those small shifts taking a walk outside, being outside really always helps. Taking a walk, a little bit of exercise will help shift you out of the environment that you're in. So taking breaks during your day, like if you do Pomodoro. So it's this method where you like work for a certain period of time and then you take a certain period of time off. So if you work for 50 minutes, you take 10 minutes off. You work for 25, you take five minutes off. So Mm -hmm. there's really cool ASMR um, like background Harry Potter noises, like being in the Gryffindor Tower. What? <laughs> like 25 minutes of that. And it's very um, nice. It, it doesn't, it's not distracting. And then it shifts the music. And for five minutes, you take a break. So each, they have different rooms and stuff. So you can decide if you want to work for the 50 and then 10 break, but it helps you. It's very, it's non-intrusive. It's really cool. It's free. It's on YouTube. Oh God, I, love I love it. I love this. Harry Potter Pomodoro. That. Right? That is like Kelsey foremost written all over it. I'm so excited. It's the best. It's the best. I'll definitely share the link with you. Yes, please. We'll put it in the show notes too, you guys. We can all do it together. Fabulous. Do you dream about people coming to your website and telling you, 
I cannot wait to work with you. I've been looking for this forever. I feel like I already know you. Can I please pay you to help me? Or maybe you just want to feel more confident when you sit down to write something for your business, knowing your words aren't just evaporating into the ether of the internet, but instead are connecting with your ideal customers. Look, after years as a freelance copywriter, I can very confidently tell you that no matter what business you're in, great copy turns words on the page into dollars in the bank just like magic, which is why I want to make sure you know that my signature course copy class is currently open for enrollment. Now, here's the thing. You can hire a professional copywriter, but honestly, that could cost you thousands. And it just doesn't make sense to hire someone every freaking time you need to write something for your business which is why I specifically designed copy class for non-writers, entrepreneurs who want to learn to write their own high converting copy without breaking the bank or spending hours staring at the blinking cursor of death. Copy class covers everything you need to know from the psychology behind why certain writing works to honing in on your actual ideal customer, AKA people who are truly going to give you their monies to how to write a website that converts start to finish, and finally, how to send emails that convert and sell. So if you want to learn more about Copy Class, see what's inside, and hear from past students, head to kelseyformost.com slash copy class. That's kelseyformost.com slash C-O-P-Y-C-L-A-S-S. The, the part where I found in my coaching and working with people is that a lot of times it's hard as entrepreneurs for us to say no, to set those boundaries, for us to say that my needs are actually more important than your event, your thing, your project. You're paying me. So we are like, oh, money trumps it all. Kind of like what we were talking about in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Just because I'm making 60 grand doesn't mean I'm happy. I I thought those two would. Right. Right. One, one thing that really helped me with that, um, that actually, a, another freelance copywriter helped me with taught me was she was like, do you know who wants to pay you more money? People who think you're exclusive, who think that access to you is actually really difficult and, or challenging. If you truly don't have the bandwidth to take on another client, just give yourself permission to reply with my calendar is full until X date and overcompensate for how long that is in the future. Um, and then the cool thing about that is you'll start to have it where you'll see this trajectory and you can start to say no, just no outright to lower paying projects and you'll get more money in the long run by saying no upfront. It's this really fascinating thing that happens. It absolutely has worked for me. I've totally put people off and been like, I don't have bandwidth now. And they're like more excited. Right. To yeah. work with you. So I love that tip. And a lot of times we forget if we say yes to everything and we're busy all the time, then that means that we're saying no to downtime free time, me time, family time, whatever that looks like for you. 
Um, some people, it's going to look different for everybody, but a lot of times I call this the hidden no, because we're so busy saying yes to everybody else's things that we forget that we need to say no to some things in order to have that time for ourselves or else it gets eaten up. It's really interesting because you're already saying no. It's just not conscious. It's yeah, yeah, it is that hidden no, but you're still saying it. So if you start to feel a little panicky about like, oh my gosh, saying no to this project or one thing that really helped me with this when I was full-time freelancer was not just saying no, but having like canned responses, like scripts and or other people to send people to. So if it was a, another copywriter, I had like three in the bank that I'd be like, these three people are great. Highly recommend them. Um, if it was something that was totally out of my wheelhouse, like writing a legal page, I'd be like, here's my favorite lawyer. Having other people that you can offload onto things that, you know, you either don't want to do just like straight up. I don't want this contract. I'm going to give it to somebody else. Or Um, that isn't your wheelhouse and you'd have to do a lot of lift and learning that you don't want to do, have it in your back pocket. It's game changer. It's kind of like having a team, like a backup team. Exactly. All sort of working together instead of seeing it as competition of being, I have totally referred to other people. And then when I was slower and I needed it, a lot of times they had a referral for me. Right. So it was a really nice symbiotic relationship. Totally. Totally. So I know that with saying no, a lot of times there comes a apologetic, like overly apologetic, guilty wave. How, what advice might you give someone who's feeling that? Yeah. I think it takes practice, but like, I've done that. I've done that. Right. And then like, so, so my, my three tips that I give people about saying no. One directly answers your question. No is a complete sentence. Yeah. You want to know a funny story? So my mom, when she was in college, I think she was uh, getting asked out on all these dates. I love this story. And my grandma, her mom was, uh, was listening to her on the phone. Maybe it was high school. She was listening to my mom turning down these guys for dates. And she goes, Karen, that's my mom's name. You always have like these really elaborate reasons why you can't go on these dates when really like, I know you just don't want to go out with this guy. So why don't you just say, no, thank you. I have plans or just no, thank you. But I appreciate you asking Mm -hmm. like, And my mom was like, oh, I, A, hate that. Like, it's it's like so hard for me to not want them to, I don't want them to think, you know, that I don't like them or that they're not, that they're a bad person or whatever. But I also don't want to go out with them and that's not my responsibility. And oh my God, I actually don't have to tell them an excuse. Like I can just say no. And I love that story because it just really stayed with me that it goes beyond turning down dudes for dates because <laughs> in your business and for clients and for social engagements and for anything, anything that you have to say no to, as Nicole yeah. says, no is a complete sentence. I find that when I do give like the reason, 
a lot of times they'll be like, oh, well, I'll just pick you up after, or I'll just do this. And you're like, no, no, no. Oh, that's not, that wasn't the idea here. (laughs) I've created a monster. (laughs) So another way of looking, another tip that I use is when you say no, think about, you're saying, I'm putting my needs first. I'm choosing me Mm -hmm. and give yourself permission to do that. That's what your mom had to do. Right. Being like, I don't want to go on a date with you. No, you're not a bad person, but I just don't want to do that. And I get to say, no, I get to give myself permission to choose myself and say, no, and that's okay. And it's really powerful. And you'll want to say more and you totally will saying no, thank you. is like, great, really good practice. Um, It's going to be really hard with family. I've said no to some like events, like birthday parties and stuff that I felt like I should go to. That is truly the final frontier. Like, I think that that is the hardest no in the world because that is like built into the fabric of your being and who you are and tribal, I forget what it's called. There's some, there's some book about like, try like the place that you come from being the hardest thing to say no to. Yes. And especially when it's like your grandma's birthday and you're like, what if she dies in the next year? Like jokingly, but your brain is saying that to you at the same point. Unconscious responses. Absolutely. Who are listening that it's absolutely going to be challenging when you hear some of these, these things, there will be challenges that come up for you like right away. So that's why my third tip is really, really important. What helped shift, helped me shift the most was something that was told to me during a personal development conference. And it was amazing because it said, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for them. And I always have to give an example of this. So think about that networking event that you didn't really want to go to, but you felt like you should, because you might make some money. You might meet somebody who wants to work with you, et cetera, et cetera. And you go there and you stand in the corner and you have your little pile of things. So you're like, you're there and you eat or you drink something and you avoid everybody because it's just you and the baby carrots in the end, but you paid a lot of money to eat. (laughs) Right. And in the end, was that worth your time? Mm. That is the question that I got to ask myself. I forced myself to go and do that. I didn't want to, it wasn't good for me. So I was not being a good networker. I wasn't, I didn't have good energy, right? All those things while standing in the corner. And granted there are some times when like someone might pull you out, dry you out or something and have a conversation, but in the end, normally it's not really gonna be worth it. So there were times when I had really low energy where I had to say, you know what? I don't want to go to this family thing because I can't give my best. And I'm going to be this crumpy negative person in the corner. And you don't really want me there anyways, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of that being mindful. So what I found in the end, looking back on the burnout that I experienced and how I help other people work through putting themselves first acknowledging their needs is that I was being pretty fake. I wasn't really being authentic to who I am, to what I wanted. That's a big admission. That is hard to, that, that hits me right in the gut. I was being fake because that's a, sometimes we have to hear it that harshly, but it is true. Like inauthentic sounds really nice. And, uh, you know, self-helpy, but (laughs) (laughs) nice, nice and soft, but fake. I mean, it's semantics, but yeah, I was being fake. 
Woof, Nicole. <laughs> and I know that because I was doing things that I knew I didn't want to do, but I was like, I have to do this for my business or for my entrepreneur or whatever. It has to look the certain way. And a lot of it, I'm going to drop another bomb was because I was trying to be a perfectionist. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, that it's not just about the shoulds. It's about the, what if, like what's going to happen if I don't do this. Right. Or, um, what am I going to miss out on that FOMO piece? Yes. That's, that is just as real. And that shame that you talked about in the beginning that we have all felt when it's like, I just want to go and do this, this thing that's like my reset button. That's my self-care. There's a line between self-care and like, um, what was the word that you used? Um, like checking out. That's what you said. Oh yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's that line. But a lot of times I found after burning out that when I don't shame myself, because I want to go and spend an hour reading a science fiction novel that I love, I'm a lot more productive at the end. And the next day I can come back and I can like get stuff done, whatever that looks like, whether that's taking a nap, Mm -hmm. which I do and totally give myself permission to be okay with that Mm -hmm. or taking that time if I'm not being productive. And instead of trying to force it all the time, or my day has to look like this, or it has to be that I found that I'm much happier and much more productive if I don't shame myself for taking that downtime. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I think a lot of it comes down to intention, right? Like if I have a night where I, I'll use the queer eye example. This is something I did recently. I recently moved and I've been so focused on getting the space set up and trying to figure out like my schedule and what it's going to be like living in this new city. And I've just been so go, go, go that this was the very first week where I actually had a chance to just be still. And it was really, really, really hard for me. And I was like, okay, what do I feel like doing? I should go out and meet people. I should see if my neighbors want to do something. I should blah, blah, blah. But all I want to do in this moment is watch the new season of Queer Eye and have takeout pho. Like that's what I want to do. And just having the intention there rather than just like sort of accidentally falling into an hour of scrolling on my phone and like, should I go out? Should I not go out? And then Mm -hmm. just feeling crappy about it at the end of the day Mm -hmm. was so different than like, I'm going to actually intentionally veg out and check out right now. Like it's just that little flip, that intention piece. Mm -hmm. It takes the shame away for me. This is a choice. Mm -hmm. Now you get to choose. Are you going to answer that email at night at 9am? Or are you going to not choose to do that? Right. You Mm -hmm. always get to make that choice. And when, before I was in, when I was in burnout and all this stuff, and I didn't see that I would thought I just, I had to do all those things. That's what a good entrepreneur did. That's Mm -hmm. what my clients expected. That's what I did to be successful. And I filled in all those blanks. And then afterwards, I can still be successful. I can still make money. I can still serve my clients. And these are my boundaries. I am choosing not to answer that email unless it says emergency in the sub in the title. <laughs> in the subject I'm line. Doing it at night. I'm choosing yeah. to turn off my phone. I'm choosing to sit and read a book because I know that that fills me up. 
-hmm. And what we forget a lot of times is that the, it's, you have to fill yourself up. No one else is going to do it. So a move takes so much energy and effort and brain power and exhaustion Mm -hmm. and just getting there. And you're just like, all my boxes are in one place. Okay. We're good. Yeah. (laughs) So instead of like, yeah, giving yourself permission to be like, I just need to refill myself up so I can give to other people from a full cup. Right. I just, I love everything that you said. I feel like that's a perfect place to wrap up is just really learning to listen to yourself and to give yourself all the permission that you need to, to be still and, uh, prevent burnout before it happens. It's so much easier to do maintenance and prevention than it is to fix something after you've already crashed and burned. Right. But well, no matter where you are on the spectrum, Nicole is here to help. Nicole, how can people find you? How can they work with you? I know you do coaching. Tell us about the different things that you have available. So they can go online uh, to my website, myintuitioncoach.com. And on there, I have a couple of resources. And there's one that just, if you are interested in kind of dipping your toe in, Mm-hmm. and getting some information about what might this look like, how do I want to shift this type of thing, then you can uh, look at the three business habits that can save you from burnout. Yes. So that's really super important. Um, I also have a burnout quiz that you can take to see if you're like, I, I'm really identifying with these signs. I love I think quizzes. Um, quizzes make me feel like I'm at a sleepover in middle school uh, and I'm like <laughs> the, someone's big sister gave us their Cosmo and we get to take the quiz in the back <laughs> right Cosmo was so cool when we were younger and now yeah. I'm like I, horrifying horrifying yes. <laughs> yes and then the the how if someone is like hey I want to do something about this I need to take action then where I help them is working together to create a custom work-life balance. Um, So the balanced entrepreneur is my course that I help people nine weeks, take these nine different steps to revamp different parts of their lives um, in small ways and some in larger ways so that they can feel more energized, passionate, and motivated to do the things that they love to do. And without getting to that point of, burnout and frustration. And I'm going to have to walk away from my business. I love that so much. And I actually really like that it's nine weeks and one thing at a time for each week, there's absolutely something to be said for investing in something that takes place over a longer period of time, because it's much more likely to stick. I've found that with, um, with developing new habits, anything that, anything that is going to require me to make an ongoing change. It's so helpful to have the support system of an ongoing course like that. Yes. Thank you. And I incorporate coaching into it. So as challenges come up, then there's that person to help work through, Hey, this is showing up for me and I need help and support instead of just being like, well, I guess figure it out. Yeah. I love that. That personalized support really is so valuable, making sure you're getting the most out of the experience. 
Well, Nicole, thank you so, so much for being here on find your magic. You guys, you can find all of Nicole's links and social media and freebies in the show notes below. And gosh, thank you so much for this really, really interesting, cool conversation about burnout, because goodness knows if we can save even just one person from getting to that point, we'll have done something good. Yes. So important. And I really appreciate you having me on today, Kelsey. It was so cool to talk to you. You're awesome. <laughs> the best. Thanks. You're awesome too, Nicole. All right, everybody go out there and find some magic. Take care. Hey, magic maker. If you made it to the end of this episode, it means you're truly committed to inviting more magic into your life. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and follow Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to this stuff. Each review truly means so much to me. Thank you for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.